Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Spirit School. I'm excited to be here for another episode with you. This one is one that touches me deeply to my heart. It may only serve as truly, truly beneficial and something to be understood by my more advancing listeners, so people who you know, have stepped into the path courageously of being vulnerable enough to do readings for the public after years of training and development who then answer a call to teach mediumship or teach spirituality and the complexities that come with the balance between teaching and doing the work. So this is something that stemmed from an email I received from an anonymous listener. I'm going to read their question in a way that remains anonymous. And I've been sitting on this email since June. Now keep in mind with the timing, if you're listening to this sometime in the future or you're unaware of more recent events happening in my life and at Spirit School, I opened up Spirit School HQ June 2nd and I received this email in the third week of June and I did respond to them right away saying, you know, let me sit with this because this is something I too experience and have experienced and have walked through. So it's taken me some time to kind of pay attention to my path around this, look back and reflect on some of the things that were coming up for me as the shifting, you know, these shifts were happening in my own spiritual practice from going from being known as a reader to being more known as a teacher. And that kind of internal battle that happens when you lean more into the teaching than doing the readings. There's a lot of guilt attached to it. There's a lot of um, inner bullying, if I will, that comes up for those who are called to teach on this path. And that's not going to be for every single person. I know that we are all meant to experience spiritual evolution and spiritual growth for our own human and spiritual evolution, but also for the greater human and spiritual expansion and evolution. So the lessons for us are not just for us. They're always going to be for a collective And of course, I'm going to be approaching this topic from a lived experience and my reflections at this current time in this current phase of my own spiritual evolution. Um, Talk about this topic because this question has quite a few things I think are necessary to address within the question, which is, you know, needing to take a break after experiencing grief, the difference in energy input and output from doing readings, from teaching what you know. And all the other nuanced experiences that are involved with this overall question. So the question I received from a listener was based off of a newsletter I sent out this summer promoting the Dominic Bogue workshop. And what I was sharing in this newsletter 
which if you're not on the newsletter, please sign up. A lot of you are wondering all the time, what are you doing? Like, how do I find out what you're doing? It's on the newsletter. It's on Instagram stories. So those are the two places that I'm really getting what I'm doing out there in the world. But this was sharing a story about how when I suffered my first big loss in 2020, which was the whole topic of the last podcast episode, I was seven years into my mediumship journey at this time. I was four years into my professional spiritual practice and I was six months into my full-time mediumship practice. Now teaching had just started to come in in the past two years first with a home circle of four people and then building up to my first online program, which was the language of spirit, which had over 40 people was actually 44 exactly who signed up for that first ever workshop. So when I experienced grief for my first time, it was in September, September 4th, 2020. And I launched my first online class, April 4th, 2020. So it wasn't even that long. I was in the throes of full-time entrepreneurship and in the throes of, you know, learning how to navigate this world with a broken heart, something I'd never truly experienced to this level at least. And I've been very, very transparent with you all um, that I had to take a really big break from doing readings after that experience. I'll share more of that in a second here, but let me go back to the question that was submitted to me. Hey, Danielle, often your podcast hits home with me, and this time your newsletter hit me at a level I cannot describe. I had a thriving spiritual practice and mediumship until I unexpectedly lost a close loved one in 2018. Since then, it's been almost six years, and I've barely done a handful of readings. Before this big loss, I had launched a successful mentorship career in the mediumship space. But since I can't do readings, I feel so fraudulent teaching mediumship when I'm not really able to step into that work full time. I love mediumship. I love teaching it and doing readings, but I just can't bring myself to do readings right now. Any advice on how to move through this? I'd be eternally grateful. I really and truly have never felt lost like this. I had such confidence in my abilities and gifts, not so much anymore. Thank you for your email. It touched my heart. So I just want to thank this person for messaging me this note. And I did write them back saying, you know, it might take me some time to respond just given the season of life and business I'm in right now. And I need some time to think about this because this too was my experience. And I want to kind of share a little bit more about it. And my hope is that you'll be open-hearted and non-judgmental. And just remember that when we are in our trauma responses, so whether we're in like a deep state of grief or, you know, back in being hard on ourselves because of different, you know, different ways that we were brought up and our different trauma responses and different triggers that we all have, we just really have to keep in mind that whether this is about yourself or you find yourself judging someone else, we are all just doing the best we can with what we know how. And that is very, very true. None of us choose intentionally to suffer or to do harm or to do wrong. For the most part, especially those who are drawn to listen to spirit school, we take what we can from our experiences and we literally try to do the best we can. So first and foremost, I just want to say be kind, be gentle with yourself. And this is a note for myself as well, because I was not kind and gentle to myself through this journey. You can ask any of my healers or any of those people that I closely confide in during the past few years. 
um, this was a really hard thing for me to also navigate. So my hope is by talking about it now in the way that I'm going to be talking about it, it will be helpful if somebody encounters a similar experience to this moving forward. So first and foremost, I wanted to say I am so sorry for your loss. So sorry for your loss. Your loss is significant. I didn't mention who you lost just because I want to keep this anonymous as possible and I left out a lot of details that could be identifiable, but you suffered a very tragic and close loss. And so I'm just sending you so much love with that. Going back to what I was saying before I read out this question, when I experienced my first loss, because mine was not, mine was disenfranchised grief. It wasn't something that a lot of people thought I should be grieving so deeply over. I tried really hard to hop back into doing readings right away. I had a really full roster of readings. I had just opened up my membership. I had just started really advancing my career along. And then all of a sudden I was hit with a very tragic loss. I personally waited three weeks to do my next reading, which was a gifted reading, which is always a learning lesson for me. Those of my students who know I don't do gift certificate readings, I never will. I never will again. <laughs> I've never had incredible experiences with them. I think there has to be a real certain level of intentionality and intent um, for readings to really flow really, really well. So this was a gift certificate reading. I felt three weeks was enough space and time. And it really wasn't. And I went into that session and it completely crushed me in my confidence because this person had never experienced a reading before. They didn't quite get it. They didn't really understand what mediumship was. And I was already working off of a really big deficit. I thought the reading went really well. I came up with like names and relationships and stuff that you would think would be enough in a session, but it just wasn't enough to wow this person. And they said some pretty hurtful, critical things to me. And I will be honest with you, after that reading, I did not do another reading for over six months. For over six months. And it actually took me almost a full year to charge for another reading after that. It was such an embarrassing and humiliating experience, which had little to do with the actual grief. I just think that my resilience to the experience was not there because I was already kind of as low as I could possibly get. <laughs> so just to share, I have been there. So the next few months after that, not only was I nurturing a broken heart, I was also nurturing a very bruised ego. <laughs> I was also trying to retain these members I had gathered to my membership at the time, which was called the Initiation Circle while trying to teach programs, while trying to be a mom in a crazy pandemic. I was in lockdown with the kids at this time. And so it was just, it was a real chaotic time just to kind of paint the picture of the time. And I could not face going back into readings. And one thing I remember feeling and experiencing, and this thought and feeling still comes up every once in a while because I definitely teach a lot more than I do readings was who am I to teach about mediumship when I am not physically in the craft I get it that is a crazy judgment of self and something that I'm sure other people judge others for as well so it is something that exists in the energy which is how come it comes up so it's there it exists I get it but what I will say around it is from my experience, by the time I had to take a big, big, big pause from doing readings, I had also been in the craft for seven years. So it did take me a while to start to lead myself out of the experience and saying, okay, 
Maybe you aren't doing the nine readings a week you used to do, but you have done over a thousand readings in seven years and you have enough experience and you have enough knowledge to be able to teach mediumship 100% where you are at, 100%. I also know in my path, I have been prepared from spirit to be a teacher from day one. And I can see that looking back. I remember showing up for my first ever development class and hearing my teacher speak spiritual philosophy and saying out loud, I am going to teach this one day. I remember doing 150 practice readings for free over the course of four years during the first four years of my development and saying, I'm not going to charge a dollar for this until I understand this craft inside and out. And starting to charge for my first readings in December of 2016, launching Squamish Medium in 2017 and having my first six months of clients sitting in front of me. I've been preparing for the deepest grief, holding space for those who have suffered big, big loss to only have people be attracted to me who also wanted to learn about their own spirituality and their own abilities. So it has been very clear for me from a very early on time in my mediumship development that spirit has been preparing me to be a teacher in this craft. So I will go through different hardships in mediumship, different lived experiences. I will go through having to give refunds, having no spirits coming through. This has only happened a couple of times in 10 years, by the way, but experiencing like the worst case scenarios in a medium's mind, knowing full well that I am meant to experience this, experience this to unpack it, to be able to be a resource for the up and coming light worker. So I just want to share that sometimes those who are meant to be teaching in this craft will walk a bit more of an unconventional path in mediumship to be able to be a holistic teacher for others. I will tell you with full honesty, and this is no shade to anyone else, I'll never name names. We have an indigenous teaching in our culture where you praise in public and you correct in private. I will never shame any medium or any other teacher in public in any way, shape or form. That is not my integrity and that is not in the vibe of spirit school. But I am here to tell you that I have studied with some of the best mediums in the world Truly some of the most clairvoyant, some of the most accurate, some of the most wow, jaw-dropping mediums that you have ever seen work. And they don't make the best teachers all the time. Some of the best mediums in the world, the people who can present it in a way that seems unachievable to some of us, doesn't make them an effective or an efficient teacher either. Much like some of the mediumship teachers I've had, some of the most impactful mediumship teachers that I have had on my path weren't wow mediums. So having... A wow medium doesn't guarantee a wow teacher and having a wow teacher doesn't guarantee a wow medium. And this is just something that I have experienced firsthand having over a dozen mediumship mentors and teachers in the past 10 years. And this is the truth. So I know one thing that sat in the back of my mind, and I know that this came up for others because we've actually had conversations like this in the Spirit School Collective. So this is not a totally new topic or conversation in the Spirit School space. It is a first-time conversation on the podcast. But I know for me, you hear this kind of quote being thrown around, those who can't do teach, as if those who are not good in their craft just kind of toss it aside and say, well, I'm just going to teach it instead of actually do it. And so I had to look into the origin of that quote and the intention behind that quote. And it was actually written by a playwright. And it was 
actually written in a way to stand up for the teaching practice and how valuable teaching is and how not everyone is actually meant to be a teacher, especially those who are teaching other adults. I'm not sure if you are aware of the skill set it takes to teach adults and learn and study all the different ways in which adults learn. I know my last career shift before going full-time medium was actually um, you know, in a senior position in human resource, human resources, doing people development. So I did spend, you know, not very long, but like a whole year and a half learning about adult learning and how to make adult learning impactful and all the various different ways in which adults learn, retain and experience knowledge and information. So that is a really niched skill set that not absolutely everyone can do. There's also this theory that I personally have, I could be off, I could be wrong. But when I have asked some of the really impressive mediums I have been able to watch work, how did you get that? Like, how do you get that type of information? They can't really explain it to you. There's a lot of mediums who work very clear cognizantly. There's a lot of mediums who the Abilities come so quickly, so smooth, with such ease that it's hard to break it down and teach it in a way that other people can actually follow. I am here to tell you that as a medium, it didn't come easily to me. I had that first connection and then my second reading was two words. It wasn't two words. I keep saying it's two words. It's like five words or something. But the second reading was simply, I see a tree. I could not move beyond that tree. I had no training. I didn't know how to move that energy. And, you know, we all start with first readings as readers, but I am seeing that it comes really, really, really easily to some people and the people that it appears to come really easily for have a harder time teaching it effectively or in a way that is digestible or tangible. And I also will say that like I feel that I can teach mediumship efficiently and effectively because I struggled with it. I had to break it down for myself. I had to dissect really horrible readings and things that didn't make any sense to me to try to get to a place of clarity. And so I teach from a lens of, you know, I've struggled with this. I get it. I know exactly what you're thinking. I know what it feels like to want to walk away, to think that you are not meant to be doing this, to think that you're not strong enough at this, that you're not like the best. Like, I get it. That's the world that I live in. I know I am not one of the best mediums in the world. I am a great medium and I'm able to serve the people that spirit wants me to serve very effectively and efficiently. But I'm not one of those, wow, jaw dropping. I can't believe she came up with that bang 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 so impressive highlight reel 24 7 that's not me and I've seen very very few people who actually are able to produce and pull that and the people that I'm thinking of aren't necessarily always the most effective teachers okay so I'm just going to say it like that first and foremost I also just want to talk about the energy input and output now when I was transitioning from doing readings to doing teaching teaching was a lot easier (laughs) It was a lot easier for me. The pressure of doing mediumship and the pressure, because it is evidence-based and it should always be evidence-based, but it should also have a very healthy amount of messages. I think more messages should come through than evidence. I think the evidence is there to like establish that connection, to make sure that there is unwavering doubt that we are connected here to the spirit world. And then we're safe to move on to impactful messages that bring through healing and hope for a better life forward right so that's my philosophy around doing readings 
but it's still a pressure cooker. You still have to come up with that really great evidence. And every medium wants to strive for strong, solid, good evidence. I don't know a single medium who wants to take shortcuts and like do bare minimum. I don't know a single medium <laughs> developing first year or 10th year that thinks like that. That is not what this space typically attracts. So when it came from sitting in the hot seat of doing readings and like almost performing, if you will, because you do get performance anxiety around this, going into teaching, the teaching was a lot easier. I'm just like, oh, I just have to share my experiences. I just have to share, you know, what I have learned. That was really, really, really easy for me. And it was really easy energy. And then I want you to know that I'm coming into a season now where I have been primarily teaching for the past three slash four years. And last week I booked 10 readings because I have a TV show coming up. <laughs> I think you guys have heard about now. And so I was like, okay, I got to get really into the readings and do a bit of a boot camp. And I did 10 readings last week. And I'm here to tell you that the readings were 10 times easier than running a business of the scale that I have it at now. It was actually a really nice break for me. And so I have had to take big breaks from doing readings. This most recent break has been 10 months. I've done like a handful of pro bono um, readings for, you know, different investigations and different um, tough cases that have come through in my community. I will always serve the world of spirit where they want me to serve. And so I have done a couple of like those readings, but I haven't charged anything for the past 10 months. And so last week I decided to open up readings to my membership and I'm going to continue to open up readings and mentorship to my membership for now. And they were actually really, really easy and really, really enjoyable compared to, um, you know, running the business and even teaching to some respect in some regard, I'm finding that teaching is wonderful and it is actually easy as far as the energy output because I'm just sharing my experiences from a passionate place and the learnings that I've gotten from them and the different spiritual channelings that come through in these teachings and I love it. There's actually nothing that gives me more life force in the world than teaching. There's nothing that can compare to it. Even the crispest, like most evidence-packed, wow-worthy reading doesn't fill me with the same amount of life force as it does teaching. So that's how come I know I, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher archetype in every essence of the word. I love it. But the downside of the teaching where it can be more time-consuming than the readings is for every hour of class time, there's two hours of prep you you wouldn't believe how much preparing goes into teaching a class whether it's in my membership or whether it's a master class out in the wild it is a lot of work and a lot of effort to prepare to teach whether you're just teaching in a channeled state or whether you're presenting different slides or whether you have different workbooks or different handouts or different guided visualizations that help like integrate some of the knowledge that you're sharing I will tell you when I look at light as a currency, teaching absolutely takes more light, but it also fills me with more light. Whereas mediumship, doing readings, it's like, it's just the 45 minutes I'm there. I will say that one of the things I don't think a lot of mediums account for, and I don't know a single medium that doesn't think like this either, but the readings can take a little bit of light in the sense where, you know, the night before you're doing a bunch of readings, you do live a little bit differently. You do um, make decisions a lot differently in the morning you make decisions differently um which is actually a really healthy lifestyle I find I would say that 
if I were to just do readings, I would probably have a healthier lifestyle because I'm always considering my vessel. I'm always considering my energy. It's like, I want to show up tomorrow for this person who invested X amount of money, this much of time. They've been waiting this long. They have this need. And I want to make sure that I am in the best possible um, physical and emotional and spiritual experience as possible. And so there is more care in the humanness when it comes to the readings than it does in the um, teaching. As an example, I would probably show up and teach a class if I had sniffles and I was a bit congested and I wasn't feeling 100%, but I probably honestly would move a reading if I was feeling in that same condition, in that same place. So they both take light and they both give light. And I like to see light as a currency. This is a recent teaching. I've been teaching pretty deeply in the collective, have a whole audio lesson on this and 2.0 advancing mediumship as well. But I'm someone who truly does see my light as a currency. So I'm always being aware of the light exchange. What it feels like from this question that was submitted, and I'm here to tell you this is my experience, the thinking about not doing readings and the wondering if it's still going to work and the you know, comparing yourself now to who you were like two years ago when you were like crushing like 10 plus readings a week, like that energy of wonderment, that energy of like, what if that energy of like living in the past and judging your future already is much more exhausting and draining and depleting and light ciphering than just booking a couple sessions and just doing them and just see what happens. Just see what happens. Just see what happens. And if you are feeling like you are not meant to be teaching because you're not currently in the craft, you have to kind of look at that story. You have to look at where that comes from. You have to look at whose judgments you're taking into consideration as you are kind of paralyzed in the work and deciding what voice you're going to follow. Are you going to follow these supposed voices of judgment from who knows where, or are you going to follow that inner spiritual voice that is guiding you to where you need to be and where you need to go? I do want to validate for you though. I have said very, very similar things and I have very close friends and healers who get to work in my energy and I'm very picky about who I let into my energy and I have said very similar things to them in the past 10 months myself and then all of a sudden this tv opportunity presents itself and I'm telling them I said my my career is really teaching they're like oh but you could still do readings right I'm like yeah <laughs> yeah I mean it's been a little while but we're still gonna do it and so I kind of did the same thing where I'm just like you know I'm not gonna sit here and wonder is this gonna work for tv I'm gonna book in 10 readings and I'm just going to say F it and do it scared. And that is pretty much my entire career is just saying F it and do it scared. And I was pleasantly surprised how easy the readings were in comparison to wondering about them and in comparison to anything else I have done recently, especially run a business. <laughs> that is costing me my most light at this current moment of time. And so you also just need to take into consideration that you know, spirit brought you your students. Spirit brought you your sitters in mediumship. And so we often take so much responsibility. We're on the spiritual path. Like I created this. This is fully my creation. When you work on behalf of the spirit world, you are in constant co-creation with them. So you need to recognize and realize and understand and have some self-compassion around the fact that and I offer this teaching because I remember being about five months into my break from doing readings back in 2020, just learning to manage the world through grief. And I remember saying to Dominic, who was my mentor at the time, 
saying to him, um, you know, one of my biggest fears, because my career started to really take off, especially my reputation in the teaching world. And I remember saying to him, my biggest fear is that my reputation has started to exceed my actual skill. Like I felt like I was getting recognition maybe where it wasn't deserved. Like that was my worthiness issue kind of coming in. And I remember him saying something that completely changed my life. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. Spirit gave you your reputation. And that hit me so, so hard because I got caught in that kind of like egoic game of like me, 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 me. This is all because of me. I'm doing this and like putting myself on this pedestal and like just kind of like, like in this me, me, me kind of world. And that's exactly not what I'm doing here. And that has never been my intention in this work has been to like become as known as possible or get to as big and successful as possible. It's always been like, how do I feel like I've just touched heaven? How do I feel like I am of value to the spirit world? I love being of service. Call it my Virgo sign. I don't know. I just have always loved and have had a passion for being of service. And so anytime I have been able to catch myself in these ruminations of shitting on myself and being hard on myself, which is very classic Danielle, by the way, being very hard on myself, you will have one conversation with me for about two hours. And I usually do hear from people, you're being very hard on yourself. I'm like, I know, I don't know what that's about. It just comes so, so naturally to me. And I started to just learn to habitually move away from this like ruminating thought cycle of like the brain kind of taking over and just saying, hey, what experience do I want to actually have in this moment? And what do I need to create this experience for myself? Well, guess what? It's been a little while since I've done readings. I have a TV show coming up. I am going to take this power away from my brain and I'm just going to step into the work and I'm just going to do it and just show myself that everything's going to work out absolutely wonderful. And it did. And it worked out absolutely wonderful. And I'm so happy with the decision. And I'm glad I got another experience of walking through fear and doubt to prove to myself, yeah, we're powerful. Like we're powerful beings of like co-creation. And so, you know, can you teach without being in the practice I think so. I think we have a lot of examples out there of mediums who are, you know, have served their time, who have done that private work for decades and who have chosen to almost retire into their teaching years. We have a lot of examples of like that out in the world. And I don't think any of us judge them harshly at all. So I wonder if there is maybe some external criticism like I experienced early on where, you know, I was, I, I will share it one day. I'm not ready to share it now. It's been like three years, but it was like really hurtful what this person said to me, but I don't think that they felt it would be hurtful. It just hit a nerve that I have that a lot of people don't know I have. And so it just kind of hit me in that sore spot, I would say. It made me kind of go back into that loop of questioning myself. But the only way to break out of that loop is to do the thing. The only way to overcome fear is actually through action and doing the thing. It's not wondering about it. It's not you know, doing affirmations till we believe it's like, no, we have to show ourselves. We actually have to do the thing to kind of break down that story and then just sweep that story away. That story of something in the past. Here is the new story right now. My story of last week was I did 10 readings and they were enjoyable and they were easy. And to hit on that fraudulent feeling, I know that that's a really vulnerable thing to say. I think imposter syndrome is something that every human walks in this life, whether it shows up in the mediumship space or whether it shows up, 
in your professional career, um, or even in your parenting. I don't know. It comes up for every single one of us though. And I do think that when we look at intergenerational wounds, like we have our familial, we have our DNA, we have our cellular things that come up. But I think too, in our career line, there's also some intergenerational healing to do. I think that in the healing art space, there's certain stories that have been repeated over hundreds of years that have become almost like this collective energy around the profession. And one of the stories is around fraudulency and, you know, using old school terminology, charlatanism, charlatanism, And so I think that sometimes when these feelings come up or these narrations come up like, oh, I'm a fraud because X, Y, Z, we're also dealing with the intergenerational wounds around this profession. Same with stories like, you know, you shouldn't charge for your gifts, um, which again is a totally different podcast episode. But, you know, that's another thing that us healers all have to navigate and walk. It's part of the energy around the collective of our profession. So sometimes some of these anxieties and fears are not actually ours to carry, but they're ours to heal. If they come up for us, we are actually doing really, really big work. And I use really, really a lot. And I'm so sorry. It's so annoying. I'm, I'm trying to break the habit of doing really, really. Um, but here we are. I'm just aware of it and we're going to be changing it but yeah there's an opportunity to bring some new energy into the healing art space and I think that's what a lot of us are being faced with now again and if you do choose to walk the path of a teacher and a mentor you're probably going to have a much more colorful journey than a medium who is just meant to be in doing the work meaning like let's just be a clear channel let's just be a channel on behalf of the world of spirit there are lots of mediums out there who are happy just doing readings I'm thinking of Jonathan Lewis who I've seen on TikTok I've never seen him work other than TikTok but he doesn't want to teach he's like I just want to do readings and he's very well known for his readings and so he's just there to be a channel for the world of spirit those who are meant to teach this craft will probably struggle with it a little bit more they will probably have to go through some of um, these experiences that challenge us that have us reflect on ourselves that have us making more conscious choices towards where we want the healing art space to go where we want our lives to go much like mediumship in itself is a very colorful path. And you'll notice a lot of people who are drawn to mediumship and the healing arts are survivors themselves of, of different things and have walked a very colorful path. And this is why I say at spirit school, the only prerequisite to mediumship is a life well lived. And the more that you've experienced in your life, the more you are able to support the world of spirit. The same is said about teaching just on a higher level, because not only is it the more that you experience to be of use to spirit, but you're also being of use to humanity and you are building capacity for the spirit world by taking your teachings and helping others thrive in the healing art space as well. What I experienced with teachers that were not very great, um, and I experienced quite a bit of this, and this is something, you know, I haven't talked about in the podcast or anywhere. Um, I do have a program in my head coming up. It might more be of a mastermind, but the mentor's mastermind for people who are teaching and mentoring, because it's a totally different space and it's a totally different skill set. And it's a totally different um, block of things that you have to navigate. But I experienced so many different teachers who really weren't there to help their students shine and thrive and be seen and become, dare I say, more well-known than them. And, you know, I'll share stories later on down the line around this, but it might save it for a book or something like that. But, you know, I have had teachers who 
really did try to make me feel like I was not good enough. And as soon as I was becoming a little bit known in this craft, just got dropped like a hot potato sack. And so I have experienced there's teachers out there who haven't done that spiritual maturity work to be okay on the inner world when their students start to be better than them or outshine them. And so that is like another thing that we have to navigate as teachers is like being okay that we are only meant to house and, and you know, hold students for a certain amount of time before we let them go and let them go shine. And they may shine a lot brighter than us. And we have to be okay with that. And that is one of the emotional and internal sacrifices that teachers and mentors also have to look into um, in their inner world and their experience of it. So you know, I personally am someone who absolutely wants my students to shine. I set up tons of opportunities for them to shine amongst my clients. I remember going into a psychic fair, my first teacher and her telling us all before we went in and she said, you cannot tell anyone your name. These are my clients and they cannot book with you outside of this experience, like really protecting their clients. And I remember being so nervous because I gave a really good reading. They're like, oh my gosh, how can I find you after this? And I'm like, you can't like basically just saying, I can't tell you who I am and yeah, just go ask them if, if you really want to know and they can tell you if they want to tell you like really, really uncomfortable. And then I go into my first psychic fair where I have 53 clients book sessions with my students and I'm like, you better bring some business cards. You better tell them how to reach out to you. You better let them know that they can give you a testimonial. Like I don't own them. You know what I mean? And that's also something that I've seen a lot of different teachers and mentors struggle with as well is that kind of gatekeeping or that scarcity. You know, I don't have any scarcity around any of this. So it's a very different path being a teacher and a mentor as well. And there's a lot of different things that you navigate than you do in the reading space. So I don't know if this is helpful conversation for you. Definitely a little bit of a, you know, sidestep podcast episode compared to other ones that you've had. But the truth of the matter is that fraud feeling is not yours to carry probably. Um, if you are nervous about, you know, stepping into readings after doing such a break, there's no other thing I can tell you than just do them. There's nothing else I can tell you that's going to make you feel confident. I could pump you up. I can stand behind you, whisper in your ear that you're amazing. You're in a great spirit as your back, but you won't be able to really embody that or embrace that energy until you actually experience it. So unfortunately, a lot of this human experience is doing things scared and just doing the thing. And just know that if you have already been receiving students from the spirit world to guide and teach that's them trusting you with their students and their energy and their people. So it's an incredible honor and just trust that and try not to overthink it. If your brain is getting in your way, your brain is not working in your favor in any way, shape or form. One thing you can control in this world is your thoughts. It's one of the, actually the few things we can control in this world is our thoughts and the way that we use our brain. So just make sure that your brain in its like, you know, elusive power is like, derailing you in some way shape or form and just know that I am a medium who has taken large break from doing readings and have stepped back into the work and it's been more than fine could I say Danielle if you didn't take that 10 minute break and you just focused on building your skill could you be a slicker medium now feeling more prepared for a tv show probably probably but the sacrifice for me was rest and staying mentally well and being there for my husband and my kids as well. So sometimes we do have to make sacrifices and choice choices for our own well-being in balance with what we know is our calling out there in the world as well. 
And I'm here to tell you, you can't mess it up. It's just choices and consequences, choices and consequences, and the good and the shadow and the light qualities of it all. That's all it is, choice and consequence, choice and consequence, law of balance, law of light. And so what you're experiencing now is the consequence of a choice. And so you get to make a new choice and experience that other consequence on the other end. And consequences are not always negative or bad, right? It's just action and reaction. And so just do it scared. You're going to be fine. And even if you're not fine, you know you're going to pick yourself back up and it's going to be eventually absolutely wonderful. So hopefully this topic helps and the way that I talk about it today helps. It's definitely more of like a download. Um, I didn't organize too many notes or anything with this episode. So if you want to hear more about topics like this, let me know. If you're interested in a mentor's mastermind where I'm going to help navigate people who are stepping into that teaching and mentoring role, I'm probably going to limit it to six or eight people and we'll probably start in December or January. Um, But that's something I've been wanting to do for a very long time as well. Okay, bye friends. Have a great week. One thing I meant to mention earlier, and I got a little bit digressy. <laughs> I'm just making up words now. Um, when I talked about, you know, when I first stepped into doing mentoring, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much easier. And then, you know, my business started to scale, and I started teaching on a much larger level and doing group readings and demonstrations, and everything was like bigger, bigger, bigger. And then I go back into doing readings, and I was like, wow, this is actually so much easier. Here's my lesson around that. Spirit told me two years ago, and I've been playing with this for the past two years now, but Spirit told me two years ago to work in seasons. They said very clearly, you will be working in seasons. And so if you can play with this concept that we don't need to do everything all at once and that we can do readings and we can teach and we can mentor and potentially for struggling with that input and output of light energy and life force that we can choose to have a reading season I know for me April to August are the best times for me to do readings they're the easiest they're most enjoyable Um, you know I don't really feel like doing too many in-depth programs during those times And so that really is a great season to focus on doing readings. Whereas like winter, people are more introspective. People are ready to look deeper into themselves. It's a perfect time to do a program around that kind of like inner world work, that personal development, that personal growth, right? January is great for business and people who want to like forecast into the future. So I might lean more into my business mentoring role around that time. Um, Just to give you kind of an example that we don't have to have every single offering that we can do out there at every single time. We can work in seasons. So just something for you to look at as you're contemplating this topic. Okay, goodbye for real now. Did you know that Spirit School is not just a podcast? It's an actual school. If you go to myspiritschool.com, you can invest in self-study courses, live programs, and of course, the Spirit School Collective, my baby, my monthly membership community. All Spirit School offerings are intended to get you feeling clear, confident, and connected to your spiritual path, your development journey, and of course, connected to other spiritual curious souls who are having similar experiences to you. I hope to see you in Spirit School.